It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is comedian Kira Soltanovich, who is headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana, Las Vegas, April 8th through the 11th. For ticket information, go to troplv.com. And for everything about Kira Soltanovich, go to Kira Comedy. That's K-I-R-A, KiraComedy.com. And you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Kira Comedy. And Kira, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And you said that nicely, like you stopped, you paused. Like, people are, you know, writing it down. Oh, yeah. I, well, I've done this at least two weeks, so I, I'm pretty well, I know how to so do you this. So you know. Oh, yeah, of I course. Like that. that was beautiful. Now, thank you. I read your bio on your website, and clearly you have either been the victim or the perpetrator of disinformation, and I just wanted to get that cleared up because you said <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were born in the former Soviet Union or you were formerly born in the Soviet Union. Which, which actually is it? Aren't we all formerly born, you know, yeah, I if guess, you think about right, it, fair and enough. then fair reborn enough. again? Yes, but nobody that I know in history or in current society has ever been traded for grain. And you claim that in your bio. I just want to get that clear. Well, that's not true. That is not true. Uh, Carter, Jimmy Carter, and uh, I, you sound really young, so I bet you don't even know who that is. Yes, he um, was a president of the United States, and he did do a grain deal with... Oh, I see what you're I see now. You're pulling the history card on me, which I happen oh, to know. So, yes. Yes. I'm homeschooling right now, <laughs> and I feel pretty strong about myself in my history and social studies, and uh, I got fourth grade math down. I feel really good about myself. At the start of all of this, uh, I could not multiply fractions, and now I still can't, but I can fake my way through it. Perfect. My Perfect. Yeah. Are, are you sure you weren't, maybe I got it mixed up. Are you sure you weren't traded for the Olympics during that time since it was canceled <laughs> as opposed to the great? I just want to get this worked out here. I, I was get it traded for drugs. Okay, so fair. the Russians could dope up. <laughs> Oops, did I speak out of turn? No, 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 no. And speaking of that bi-national situation, how many languages do you speak? Well, only English at a, I think, B plus. And then Russian, from what my parents tell me, a C minus. So you're aware well, so, no, yeah. I, I think my Russian's really good, but I went there with my dad. I went to Moscow and a couple of the other, you know, former countries of the USSR. And we were in a cab, and my dad leaned over to me and he said, Please stop speaking in Russian because you sound like idiot. So I realized that the Russian I was speaking is whatever they taught me, but that Russian is a few decades old now. And so I'm walking around Moscow like, what it is, John, Turkey? You know, I'm speaking like some sort of crazy slang that nobody uses anymore. Like, give me some skin, Slim. You know? So I stopped because I did, I realized I do sound very out of date. Not in English, though. But here's... It's not bad. My English is pretty decent. Yeah, no, 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 it is. But how did you go from bread lines to comedy? I'm just trying to make that work in my mind. 
Well, when you are yelled at by Soviet immigrants, there really is nowhere else to go. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, they're very aggressive people, uh, <laughs> extremely violent for no reason, no reason at all. They're like, you know, they'll grab you. And they'll be like, we love you very much. (laughs) You're not not showing emotion correctly at all. (laughs) So um, I remember when I told my parents that I wanted to be a comic, my dad said to me, it's not like you're smart enough to be a doctor. (laughs) I felt like that was their Well, that was a a left-handed compliment. Yeah, that was their way of supporting me. Yeah, no, no, listen, it's fine. I was beaten severely, and I really feel like if you want to raise an artist, that's where parents should start. So so you suffer, in other words, as a result. Yeah, you have to. If you have nothing to push back against, I mean, where's the art, right? You know, you're right, and it is the germ of comedy to be somewhat neurotic and reactive to your childhood. Well, now I feel like you're just being anti-Semitic. As you, we have been through enough, and I don't need you to remind me of my downfalls. Well, that's true. That's true. But could you remind us of your downfalls? Well, you just talked about your allergies, so yes, I that's true. Have a little Havanagilla. Have I'm just being honest. Yes. Before we started, I did mention, cat. and my listeners know about my allergies. Once a year, I always sound awful in my voice, and I'm barely able to make sentences, but you know what? I think I'm doing pretty good with you. Good, good. Yeah, I'm I think. so glad. I'm a very crunchy granola person also, and I just, you know, I would recommend maybe some essential oils, you know, like maybe like diffuse some eucalyptus, but that's just me. I'm, I'm kind of cooking. But you don't want the essential oils put into the granola. You want it on the skin, I assume. Right. Well, you just inhale it. Inhale yeah, yeah, yeah. Tea yeah, tree yeah, oil, yeah. that's all. Yeah. What's intriguing to me about you, and people may not know this, well, first of all, you were on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno for nine years, and in Hollywood, that's almost like a marriage. So that's something to be proud of. I got half. I got half of everything when I left The Tonight Show, so I'm sitting pretty. With all the cars in your garage now, yeah. half of them yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's I got amazing. one of the hangers. <laughs> 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 but yes, it was there for a very long time. It was a bit that was supposed to be just a, a one-off correspondent bit, just one time. And uh, luckily, they liked it, and Jay liked it, and I got to do it for almost nine years. Yeah, yeah that's that's a long time for Hollywood and TV. And it is, especially for a bit that doesn't have Jay in it. It's a really long time. Yes, exactly. It's the only non-Jay bit that has lasted nine years. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's good. You also, and people may not know this of you, and that's why I like to kind of have a conversation with you is because people who may not know of you will get a sense of you through this conversation. And so far they get a sense that you're mean to me, but that's okay. I can live with that. But you you taped, (laughs) you taped, (laughs) you, uh, a lot of people don't know. First of all, you're married and you taped a full hour special when you were pregnant and you became very popular with very funny material about your pregnancy. So do you think that means you will have to have a baby a year to maintain your comedy career? I want to get that out there. Yeah. So I'm going to do something uh, with my uterus every year. You know, uh, maybe I'll get my tubes to, you know, then like untie them the next year. And that'll be my theme from now on uh, until menopause. I think that's the brand I'm going to, you know, because branding is really important. Very much so. so very much so. Yeah, today's world, yeah. yes. Uh, no, I have two kids. I'm done. And uh, it's so funny. When I shot my special, no one had actually shot their specials yet. 
And then it became like a very popular thing to do with, of course, one that was on Netflix, very funny, Ali Wong, but I had shot mine way before. And I was on TMZ because TMZ thought it was hilarious that I was trying to raise money to fund it because I did it all myself. And so one of the things with like when you raise money and you do like those kind of GoFundMe things is you give people like a certain amount they want to donate, you kind of give them like a, I don't know how you call it, like a prize. Right. Like a, a little token a, of a gratitude for your contribution. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So for um, if someone wanted to donate $10,000, I was going to let them name my baby. Wow. Um, and we got that. We did it. So, Whoa. 10 grand. So they so, named her. Well, yeah. Can you tell us what the name is? Yeah. They named her Igor. So it was, it's worth it. It's worth if it. I donated twenty grand, could I have that name changed to something more feminine? <laughs> yes, can, we, oh, I would have loved that. Can you imagine people outbidding? I also had for about ten grand. You know, you could watch me. You know, you could cut the cord. Could cut the cord if you wanted to. And then my husband said, uh, "No." Well, why would so, he? Why would he all of a sudden object when he's let you go this far with baby name? I know. I know, man. Did you charge? I, did you charge your husband for being in the room with you when you gave birth? I wish. Then I would have a kid every year. Can See, you imagine? Yes. Look at the money. That's look at the flow. Passive income. At yeah. That point. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. A residual passive revenue coming in. I mean, you have that's to do a, a lot. Side of, hustle. <laughs> that's that's a, the ultimate <laughs> side hustle. It is, um, but it gets painful and uncomfortable after a while. I would think. Yeah. You know. It's, that, it's does your husband know that you're neurotic? Oh, 100%. 100%. And is that, part uh, of your, is that part of your charm, though, to him, do you think? I mean, I guess. What a weirdo he is, right? <laughs> Why would he pick this? Um, he knew what he was signing up for. Uh, I was already a touring comic when he and I met. I was on the road. He, he knows. He knew. <laughs> there was no bait and switch. He understood. Without revealing any personal details, is he in the business? So he is in the business. He is a uh, stripper. Ah, okay. So, Excellent. No, Excellent. he is not. Oh, my God. Oh, I believed imagine? you. Look um, at that. I believed you. This no, is more disinformation <laughs> coming from Kira. Maybe an ex-stripper who really let himself go. Like that <laughs> his origin story. You know, he works in the entertainment world, but on the other side of the camera, you know, behind the scenes, which is great. So I don't need anyone competing with me. Well, I was going to say, usually that's always a problem for marriages if both are performers, and especially yeah. both are comedians. There are some exceptions, of course, with comedians who are married and seem to get along okay, but I would think that that would be an issue generally. You know, it's, it's rare, and usually uh, if there are, you know, if there is a couple, let's say, and they have kids, there's no way the female comedian is going to, you know, go on the road with the male comic staying home. So, it's, it's never, it's never really. You know, what's interesting about what you just said is that given in today's world where there is supposedly the concept that there's no difference between males and females, you kind of hit reality there. And I'm glad you said it because if I said it, I probably would get letters or emails or something. 
But the point letters. is, oh yes. my gosh, oh, how yes. old are your listeners? Oh, some of them, you know, I get first class mail, I get second class email, I get third class <laughs> messages from Facebook. So it works itself out. But it just, well, it, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you never ask a male comic, like when they're expecting a baby, you never ask them, like, are you going to still keep working? <laughs> so that's what I got asked all the time, all the time. Right. So I, I had to, you know, always kind of remind people, you know, even though I'm, I'm connected to this pump, I know you hear a pump in the background. <laughs> I still, I'm available to headline. <laughs> yes, but doesn't, wait a second, doesn't it get kind of crowded with you and the baby in the comedy condo with the other two comedians when you're on um, the road? So um, that's very disrespectful to think that I would still go to a syphilis-infested condo. <laughs> um, I, I'm at a different level, but yes, thank you. Are. you. Thank yes, you. you are. I did it for the humor, though. I knew that you were at a different ah, level, yes. but I had to go for Actually, the joke. I did a comedy condo a few years back, and I was so livid because I had no idea that the feature and the MC were going to be in it with me. And that's, you know, that's kind of rare and weird. And the MC didn't have a door to his room. Ooh. It was just a curtain, but it was a short curtain. So, like, when he was getting changed, you could see his bare legs walking back and forth in his room. And it was so completely uncomfortable that I just <laughs> took myself into a hotel. I was like, i got to get out of here. And, uh, the, the, you know, the club manager owner, you know, he was like, oh, I, I, I didn't think that maybe you might be uncomfortable. And I'm like, really? You didn't think? <laughs> you didn't have a in room. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I haven't stayed in the condo since. Yes, and that, I think, makes the point that really there's a reason for you not to be in those comedy condos. Yeah, there are a few exceptions where there are really great and amazing and like fancy and woo, like I don't want to even be in a hotel because this condo is like having my own you know a townhouse you know I have usually you're, you're fading just oh, a little you're fading just a little bit with your cell phone right? oh I'm I am so sorry my my company uh, when I don't pay they just slowly fade my voice out. <laughs> so, Why, you could pay, you know, you, you, you are making money now. You can pay. I know. It's, yeah. it's been rough, though, this pandemic. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish cell phones did have, like, that kind of pay phone feature. Like, when you're not using it, you know, you don't need to. But when you do use it, you throw a quarter in the side of your iPhone. I love it. I love call. it. Exactly. Or the operator comes on and says, you need to deposit three more quarters into your cell phone for this conversation to continue. Do you remember how stressful that yes, was? Yes, very. When the operator came on. Oh, you were like, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Voice of authority, yeah. invasion of privacy, no money. How are you going to do this now? How are you going to do yeah. it? Yeah. Let's take a break. My guest is comedian Kira Soltanovich. She's headlining at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana, Las Vegas, April 8th through the 11th. For ticket information, go to troplv.com. And for everything about Kira, go to kiracomedy.com. And you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Kira Comedy. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. 
you are an adventurer and your adventure awaits right around the corner at the Springs Preserve. Here, everyone can explore hiking and bike trails, participate in hands-on activities and classes, jump on a train ride, wander through a botanical garden, and more. Visit springspreserve.org. Now, let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with the very funny Kira Soltanovich, who is headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Las Vegas, April 8th through the 11th. For ticket information, go to troplv.com. And for everything about Kira, go to kiracomedy.com. And you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Kira Comedy. And we were just remembering about your experiences with the comedy condo and that whole life of a comedian on stage. Now that you're a mother of two and you're making all kinds of millions of dollars, uh-huh. Have you thought about perhaps going in a different direction at this point, working in a factory so you can be home with the kids uh, every <laughs> night or uh, anything like that? What do you think, Kira? Well, there are a lot of factory jobs in Los Angeles. Tons, really. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, so many things to choose from. Um, no, you know, here's the thing. I, I just want to warn people when they see me in Las Vegas, um, which I'm, I'm hoping everyone that's listening is coming out. They're coming. I will be, I will be crying a lot. Um, I'm just being honest. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm being very vulnerable right now. I'm opening myself up to you. I will be in tears most of the time because this will be the first time that I will get to leave my kids. I haven't left this house in a year. (sighs) Excellent. Excellent. I am excited. Exactly. So why will you be crying with excitement? Is that the idea? Tears of joy. 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 Do you understand how hard it is for a comic that was, I was on the week, I was on the road, you know, when I didn't have kids, I was on the road 30 weeks out of the year easily. And then of course that tapered down with each kid, but still I was on the road. I was a comic who had kids. Now I'm a mom who does Zoom shows. So there's a big difference. So now I get to be a comic again. So I'm going to be so excited. I don't care if, um, I don't care what the COVID rules are. I'm going to be making out with everybody. So watch out. If, uh, if you want to stay six feet away, good luck. Because I'm going to be hugging people. I'm going to have them in a bowling ball grip. I'm going to be so excited to uh, get back to work. Well, here's the thing. The kids are a little too young to understand the concept, and I almost hesitate to ask you the question, but will you also be crying tears of joy for the fact that your husband will not be with you as well? Look, just because he wears a CPAP machine that makes him look like some sort of alien, <laughs> I'm sleeping next to Snuffleupagus, um, and he and I are, I don't know, we're different species because he's always hot, I'm always cold. Yes, am I going to be happy to not have like him on the verge of having some sort of medical condition? But uh, yeah, I get a whole bed to myself in a hotel. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It is going to be amazing. When you go back, though, so that you can pretend you really are glad to be back, give him a slip of paper with what I'm about to tell you that will help solve that issue he has, and just write down the words nasal irrigation and hand (laughs) it to him. And I tell you, this will help him, either a neti pot or one of those little bottles you can squeeze bottles. This will help him with that whole machine. 
Yeah, see, the thing is, he'll think it's some sort of foreplay. He doesn't listen. <laughs> he doesn't listen to anything I say. I told you, I'm a crunchy granola tree hugger, and I say that kind of stuff all the time. It took over a decade, no, longer. It took 15 years to get a CPAP on his face. Stubborn guy. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, very, okay, yeah, fair enough. I, I'm so excited. Now, oh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make him sound good. Does your husband help you with your career at all? You know, he is great because he's very funny. So he has a good sense of humor. So that's good. I try new jokes out on him. And sometimes he's like, oh, not your best. Not your best. <laughs> oh, he's honest. All right. You might want to try that again. But it's great. <laughs> like, I love it. And I appreciate it. And I dated a lot of guys who refused to even laugh when I would just just say something funny throughout the day because it was like, how dare a woman be funnier than me? So when my husband and I started dating and he was laughing at my jokes, I was like, oh, you just got yourself a wife, mister. You just made a big mistake. Laughter and a seatback <laughs> machine. What a, what a combination. I'm not going to let him go. Yeah. <laughs> you were in comedy for a while. You started in the 90s. Then you took a break. Was that for prison or what was the reason you took a break and then you came back? I just, because I work with the, um, like a spy association via Moscow, I had to just go back for more training, more ah, English language okay, training. Yeah, okay, just okay. some more spy school stuff. Okay, you know how we yeah. do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I had to take like a, a hacker class. You know. <laughs> um, no, I'll tell you honestly what happened. There was some really crazy things that happened in the news, some pretty devastating stuff. And that night I went to an open mic and some comics were joking about it. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a cancel culture person at all, but I thought, oh my gosh, this is like terrible and awful. And you know, like too soon, right? It's just, it, there is such a thing as too soon. And I thought, do I want to be a part of this world where um, something tragic happens and then people immediately get on stage and joke about it? And so I took a little bit of time off and realized, yes, I do. I do want to be a part of this world. <laughs> Although I don't do those types of jokes. I, uh, I talk about my, my immigrant parents, my kids, my husband, and uh, someone in the front row. That's really, that's really all I talk about. So really days. then, the only ones that could cancel you would be your parents, your husband, or your kids. Right, but I take care of my parents, so oh, uh, well, unless they want me go. to stop buying those Depends, they're yeah, yeah, no, I, I get you. Keep and chuckling. Double use for the Depends on the parent side and on the kid side. That works very exactly. well. Exactly. No, I, yeah, I, I, I get you. I'm taking care of a lot of backsides. <laughs> I came up with a concept when I was thinking about you, and if you got together with other comedians who are mothers and then joined with Tom Papa because I know you work with them on some stuff, and if you got all together to sing, you could bill yourselves as the Mamas and Tom Papas. Aren't you the best thing in the world? I think so. I know it's corny. I know it's an awful pun, but I just had to come out with it, and I did. <laughs> and I'm so glad, and I'm going to pitch it to him the minute we finish it. Thank you. I appreciate it. He's been, I believe he's been on the show a while back. It's been a couple of years, but yes, he's been on. Does... <laughs> well, when I tell him about what you just said, I don't think he will be coming back. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree, yes. But yeah. I, had, I had to say it. I, you know, yeah, I don't I like to it. be canceled, but on the other hand, I like to, be, I like to say what I like to say. Now, 
How many how many times have you been in Las Vegas over the years? Do you know? Do you have a rough count? Because I have a, a question for you, but it determines whether or not you've been here before or not. Many, 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 many. Times. Okay, good. Then I could ask the question because if you told me none, then I couldn't ask the question. So, what's your favorite Las Vegas story or experience? Maybe someone that you met, a performer that you admired that you met here. Maybe it was a crowd that went wild and cheered and gave you a different reception than you're used to. Any of those things. What would you like to share? I have a great one. And it's my first time performing in Vegas. So this was a long time ago. So I'm going to do the math, maybe 17 years ago. Okay. And I just started dating my husband. Like we just started dating. And I was working at the Excalibur. Yes, yes, right across from the Tropicana, of course. That's right. With Jimmy Brogan, he was headlining. I was featuring for him. And there was a booker, Kevin. So he booked that room. And after our show, he said, hey, do you guys want to go hang out with Carrot Top? And of course, you're not going to say no, right? Like, you're just not going to say no. So, uh, yeah, definitely. And they said, well, just went to Los Angeles on his private jet, did the Tonight Show at 4 o'clock, right? That's what we used to, we used to record. Back. He's going to do his 8 o'clock show, and then we'll hang out in his dressing room and wait for him. And I thought, this is insane. This is my first time working in Vegas, and I'm going to have, like, this story. So we hung out in his dressing room. He was performing at the MGM at that time. And he comes backstage. He had a killer, killer show. And, we, and he comes backstage. He's hanging out. We're all just sharing stories. I'm, I'm a, you know, I've been doing comedy for a while, but I'm still kind of new to the Vegas scene. And he said, do you guys want to go up to my suite? So it was Jimmy, Kevin, myself, and my husband were just dating. This is like, I'm dating this new girl. And all of a sudden, I'm going to, to Scott, that's his real name, right. to Carrot Top's. Two-story suite at the top, right underneath the M of MGM. And we hung out. His butler comes out, says, what can I get for you? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) like, what is happening? (laughs) We ordered all the food, all the drinks. It was incredible. He has a full dining room, a full living room, a full everything. It's so beautiful. We share stories all night. We're talking all night. We're laughing. I'm learning so much. I'm just amazed that this is even my life. Uh, this is before iPhone, so there's no way I can even prove that it happened, right? Because <laughs> exactly. there's no selfies yes. to even talk about. But <laughs> just being able to have that experience as a feature even, you know, I was invited along, which was just so generous of, of Jimmy Brogan. And we're still, you know, pals to this day. And I just, I'll cherish that forever because we set up until, I mean, it was just until the middle of the night, talking and drinking and eating and hanging out. It was truly magical. Now, that's a great Las Vegas story. I don't get too many of those when I ask guests that question. I don't ask every guest that question because a lot of them have not been to Las Vegas yet. But since you did, like you said, you were just starting out and to be able to get into that whole Las Vegas experience that way was great. So cool. I had another idea for you. Would you team up with Yakov Smirnov, since you have, you know, Russia, Russia. What do you think? Well, you know, we're friends, and we've chatted, and we've talked about collaborating and, and doing things. But I think he's still kind of tied a little bit to Branson. So he was in L.A., he was dabbling, getting back in. 
to stand up. And then I didn't really see him. I, I did like his podcast. He did my podcast. So we're friends and we're in touch, but I don't really know. I feel like the pandemic, you kind of like really can lose track of people really quickly, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think when the world kind of writes itself back to normal, I would love to connect with him because he's fantastic and he's a sweetheart. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been comedian, as you can tell. Kira Soltanovich, who is headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Las Vegas, April 8th through the 11th. For ticket information, go to troplv.com. And for everything about Kira, go to kiracomedy.com. And you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at kiracomedy. Kira, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.